Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, 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 multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, we have Dan Bigger. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing lovely. So let me tell you a little bit about Dan. He is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Shenango, I think I said that right, Shenango Valley Technologies. He's a graduate of Mercyhurst University, and he has spent the last 20 plus years in the manufacturing industries. He's been with CVT since 2018, and he is pleased to work with so many companies to assist them with the process of plastic injection molding and tooling manufacturing. For him, it is so special to watch a project go from start to completion. He is co-founder and host of the USA Manufacturing Hour. It's a Twitter chat every Thursday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. He is also the proud father of two sets of twins, <laughs> girls and boys, and has been happily married to his wife, Julie. Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot. So That's first, amazing. I want to ask you, how did you get into what you're doing today? Really, it was a long journey and there was no plan. You know, I graduated out of college with a hotel restaurant management degree. I actually told this story today. I, I got through six interviews with a hotel company and I was in college and my face broke out in the last interview and they didn't hire me because of it. Wow. So that has really been a driving force in everything that I do as one of those guys who didn't get an opportunity because of something stupid like that. And uh, you know, I'm always trying to prove people wrong. Hmm. So you uh, mentioned that your current company is a plastic injection molding and tooling company. So educate us about what does that actually mean? So what we do is we're a contract manufacturer. So companies that manufacture goods either don't have the technology, personnel, machinery to make the products that they need for either their parts that are going to be sold by themselves or their parts that are going to go into something larger. So what they do is they contract companies like us and we help them to fine tune their designs to make them manufacturable in some cases. But basically what the injection molding process is really to do is repeatable. So we can take a part, you know, whether it's a cap or a bearing or something like that, that's plastic, and we can figure out what their needs are, whether they need a thousand a year, 5,000 a year, a hundred million a year, whatever the case may be. And we build the tooling for that based on their volumes. And then basically we just run the parts off per their requests. So that's what the injection molding process is, is taking tough geometric shapes and, you know, for a manufactured product and we just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it over and over again, which drives down the cost of the, of the parts themselves. Mm, so it sounds like the type of sales that you're in or what you're involved in, is a, a pretty technical sale, right? It's not something that somebody's out there Googling or searching on the internet. How can I save money making this part? How can I do this? How can I do that? 
And so I'm curious to know in this aspect of a technical, pretty technical product, how do you really go to market? What are some strategies that you use to take your product to market? Uh, like I said, we, we actually do manufacture a lot of products, but it really, you know, 99% of our business is manufacturing things for other people. And we're one of the rare manufacturing companies in the plastic industry that will work with startup companies. So that's really where I do a lot of work is I network through, you know, entrepreneurial incubators throughout New York State, throughout the country, you know, but we don't just work with entrepreneurs. We work with, you know, big corporations as well, but they have a staff that is more prepared to get their products ready to go for manufacturing and for design and all that thing. As far as entrepreneurs and things like that, that's where we try to get them involved as soon as possible. So that's where, you know, I try to reach out to as many as I can find and I get referrals by different incubator networks and, and people that are out there. Because really, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're concentrating on the whole business. You know, where we're concentrated on that one little part or the two little parts that are going to make up your product. So we try to get them involved early, as early as possible, so we can actually save them time and money, you know, because they're trying to figure all this out and, you know, at the same time trying to get their parts correct, where we can streamline that process. We can look at the parts, figure out what's good and what's bad, help them figure out what we need to do to change it to make it manufacturable and actually save them a ton of time and, and effort and frustration. Hmm. So when you are thinking about your actual like sales process, because it sounds like you have two distinct markets, right? You have the entrepreneurs and they need a lot more of your support where, and you have those bigger corporations. What are some of the, the tips that you would have to people who are targeting those more established companies and they're trying to get their foot in the door? To me, really what's worked for me is just being honest and being yourself. I mean, I don't, hmm. uh, you know, I don't go in very sales pitchy. I go in very you know, more matter of fact, asking questions, you know, my first question usually to a big manufacturer is, do you have a need? You know, mm -hmm. because really there's three different ways that, you know, a manufacturer can do it. Either they're doing it overseas, they're doing it by themselves, or they're contracting it out. So that's the first thing you try to figure out is what are they, you know, I can look at their website and sort of get an idea that they might be doing it, but I, it might not be a need. So that's another thing is, you know, A, is there a need? And then, where are you manufacturing your parts? Is there a problem? Like with COVID-19 and the pandemic, a lot of companies are looking to reshore out of China. Uh, so that's really where I focus on. You know, I don't really focus on stealing jobs from other companies. I really focus on bringing things back from, the, from overseas. Mm, okay. Okay. That's good. And so it sounds like your value proposition is not necessarily, hey, I'm going to take business from my competitor down the street. It's let's bring manufacturing back to the U.S. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm a big proponent of. And that's really what USA Manufacturing Hour is about. It's about, you know, all these companies are out there doing different things and, and they all sort of work in their own little corner of the world and they don't get out of that corner of the world. You know, so I'm in plastics. I reach out to other plastics companies because we work with other plastics companies. So, you know, let's just say you're a plastics company and you're running, you know, you're running something, you know, you might be overloaded and need help with, a situation or a, a job that you have that you need to get done in a certain time frame. So that's where we can help with that. We can help them and other companies help us. Uh, mm -hmm. We help other, you know, injection molding could be silicone injection molding where we don't necessarily do that. So really what I do is I build up a network of people that do different things in plastics and other industries. So when I come across a customer that's looking for something specific that we don't do, I can refer them out to someone that, that does do that service. Mm, so it sounds like you know, two is, I'm trying to, I'm pulling out your points. One is 
really utilizing a different methodology. So everybody is like, okay, there's so many competitors that I have out here, but why not steal business from overseas? Because more companies, whether you're building websites or building um, injection molded parts, there are competitors overseas. So let's bring some of that business back to the US and then building that referral network, right? So really understanding who we can work together or maybe there's a project that doesn't work for me, but it does work for you. And really that sharing of that, every there's enough um, honey in the pot for everyone, if you will. Yeah, that's really just it. I mean, you know, every company has their own strengths and weaknesses. You know, I get asked that question all the time. Who's our biggest competitor? And I can't say there really is one. You know, some injection molders are, you know, niched down to say medical. They only do medical products. Some companies Mm. only do caps and closures. Some companies do assembly. Some companies do packaging, you know, and then there's all the different variations of that. So, you know, as much as injection molders are a competition, they're really not. They're really just advocates for the industry. So that's the whole thing I'm trying to drive is, is getting us to work together and saying, look, I can't do this project, but you'll be better suited to do it. So why don't you take it on, you know, and they reciprocate back with something that they're not good at, but we are. Mm, that's good. So what do you think is, what are some of the, the bigger challenges that you've had in your current position? Well, we're a smaller family-owned company. So really the, the company that I work for now has made a living. We're 48 years old and we've made a living off of word of mouth in the, you know, within four hours of here. Wow. So when I started working here, you know, we really weren't doing any, any marketing at all. So I, I jumped into that. You know, we don't have big budgets here, so you got to do things and find ways to do things rather cheaply. And, uh, you know, so I'm really marketing on a zero budget. And, you know, I've taken us on social media to be a worldwide brand because I put a lot of effort into that. So really that's, you know, getting brand awareness and getting your name out there so people recognize who you are and what you do. And again, it also goes back to being you. If you're authentic with people and you tell, tell the story of who you are and what you do, it resonates with people and it makes it a lot easier to make sales and, and really that really drives referrals for me because that's really how I get a lot of the business that we've gotten in the last year or so. Hmm. So, and a lot of times companies that are very technical or, you know, they're they're like, oh yeah, social media isn't going to help build my business, but I feel like you poked a a big hole in that. So if you could give somebody one kind of like getting started, how would they get started if their company or they are not utilizing social media at all? Just to get started. It's just like, you know, you didn't learn how to run until you started running. You didn't know how to tie your shoes until you started tying your shoes. So it's just like anything else. I mean, you're going to be frustrated. I get frustrated with trying to build up our brand because, you know, I'm trying to do marketing and sales at the same time. So I get frustrated that I can't market like the bigger companies do or other friends of mine that are in marketing specifically. So I get frustrated with that aspect of it. But, you know, you build on what you're doing every day and then eventually it starts paying dividends. Hmm. So do you have a a client success story that you would like to share with us? I know you mentioned bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. Maybe you have um, somebody that you worked on for a while. Walk us through that success story, how you found the person and how you were able to win the business. Yeah, the biggest success story I have is one that's going on and ongoing now. We actually just closed another deal with them, but uh, it was one of the similar situations I was talking about earlier. You know, uh, we had built up a good reputation with a, a local manufacturing company. They got an inquiry as to something that, you know, as to an injection molding project, they couldn't handle it. So they referred us to this company. Um, Since then, we've started working with them and we're bringing in one tool. So a tool is an injection mold. So these are big cap molds that we brought in. We started working on this 
right before Thanksgiving. I think we got our first sale in right before Thanksgiving. So we brought the first tool in, got that up and running. We just got the second tool in. We have that up and running. We got the third tool and, um, you know, they're ordering parts in the millions. So their, their orders are wow. 2.4 million per order, uh, wow. which is a truckload of caps. Wow. Wow. So for all the people who are non-technical out there and you, you, you're not really imagining what that might be like, if you think about anything that you have within your office or within your home that is plastic, most of that was made by injection molding, um, plastic forks, um, the tops yeah. of soda. All of those things are injection molded. And so when Dan is talking about 2.4 million parts, it could be, he says a cap. So I don't know what, what kind of cap is it? Yeah, it would be like a bottle cap. A bottle cap, right. So think about a truckload of bottle caps and $2.4 million. So that is, again, this, we don't think about the science or what goes into all of our everyday items, but really thinking about injection molding and how an industry like this, most of these parts we know are made in overseas. And so for him to have won that business and brought it to the U.S., that's a huge accomplishment. Well, just to give you an idea of the project, you know, the tools make 48 caps at a time. So every time the mold opens and closes, it makes 48 caps. And we do that every 18 seconds. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So that's it's amazing. basically just a waterfall of caps. <laughs> <laughs> I love walking in an injection molding plant and you just see all of the stuff that's happening. It just happens so fast. It's like pellets in, parts out, pellets in, parts out, right? It's just that's so fast and it's so, so fascinating to see. Yeah, I'm, I love the industry I'm in. It's a, you know, it's a very open industry and people are willing to talk and work together. And, and I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy, like I said, taking a project from concept to all the way through the process and getting it all done and watching it uh watching it roll out and then be sold, you know, across the world, really. Mm, it has to be amazing to see, you know, this, again, it's pellets in, parts out, and then that part might go to Italy or China or Mexico or right next door, right down the street, right, to New Jersey. And uh, knowing that the work that you're doing is really impacting millions and millions of people. That's good. So, Dan, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? I'm very avid on LinkedIn, so you can catch me there. Or you can, you know, check out uh, Shenango Valley Technologies website where you can connect with me there. I'm also on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at CVT Plastics. Awesome. And also every Thursday afternoon from 2 to 3 Eastern, um, you can catch the USA Manufacturing Hour and get Dan live there. Well, that is, that's actually a group concept. So what we do um. there is... Somebody hosts on a different topic and we just share ideas to make us all better. So it could be a topic as far as marketing, it could be HR, it could be industry 4.0, automation, whatever it is. We talk about different topics every week. Hmm. That's awesome. That's cool. And like, and again, it's not necessarily all technical. It's not necessarily all business. It's people come from different aspects. So I think that's amazing. You're doing some really good work out there, really changing the way the industry is seen and how people can, how you can market these types of companies and be out front of customers and acquire them on digital channels. Exactly what I do every day. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again so much, Dan, for spending some time with me today. I learned a lot and I know our audience thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
And that is another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and follow us on all of our social media. And in everything you do, be sure to transform your sales. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.